Hello, my name is Gray. And my name is Crystal. And this is Bust Asian Beauties, a supernatural commentary podcast where I, someone who has seen this show several times, and I, someone who only knows the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian! So for today's episode, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 21, Salvation. Written by Sarah Gamble and Rail Tucker, directed by Robert Singer. Hi, Robert Singer. <laughs> when do Sarah and Rael break up? Because, like, I feel like future Sarah Gamble episodes are just her, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. Let's let's look up Rael Tucker. Oh, okay. I think Rael Tucker left at the end of season, season two. two. Yeah, I don't know if that helped or worsened the quality of Sarah Gamble's writing. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out when we'll we get, get to there. it. Before everything, I just want to remind everyone that we are going to be doing a Q&A. Uh, the deadline for submission of questions is April 2, 2359 Eastern Time. And uh, we will be accepting questions through all our social medias. Extra details about this you can find at the description of the podcast and in our socials. So yeah, send us questions! Okay, so uh, before going in, Crystal, what did you know about this episode? I know generally what happens in the finale of season one, but not really how it is separated by episode. But I did know that they were going to go to a city or town called Salvation where people are being killed like Mary was. Um, And I knew that we were going to see Meg and her brother or something. Uh, And then everything else I know I think is going to happen next week, including John Azazel for realsies um, and a car (laughs) crash. That's for next week, though. This week we have a pretty boring episode. Sorry, uh, Sarah Gamble and Real Tucker. But this episode kind of sucks. We'll get to it. Okay, so uh, for the road so far. Oh my god! <laughs> it's scary yeah. on my wayward son! It is. Like, I have such a relationship with this song. <laughs> because, you know, like growing up a Supernatural fan, this song is inescapable like yes just in my psyche it's always playing (laughs) no i mean like in the show it's inescapable but like hearing it for the first time really like again for the first time in this rewatch really is so much fun it's like oh throwback to when this wasn't like a thing thing because they haven't played it in the finale finale but like it becomes one it's interesting that they played this song in the in episode twenty one instead of twenty two. Right, but because there there's no peace and we are not done. <laughs> yeah, no, but also, did you know that like they play this every season finale? It doesn't it happen at the beginning of every season with the like here's what's been happening. No, no, at the season finale of every season they play this. 
Oh, well, that's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> Except for season 15, for some fucking reason. Uh, we'll get into it. In three years. They do carry on my word son this episode. And the editing is actually pretty good. Like, it's so much fun. Uh, I listed down the parts that I liked. So I I really like the part where it's going just to get a glimpse behind this illusion and then the beat is on time with Sam and Dean hugging John. I was like, cool. We are such AMV makers. <laughs> I also really like the part though where like the the lyrics go, I hear the voices when I'm dreaming. I can hear them say and then it's Sam having visions and dreaming mm. about just dying. I was like Yes! Yes! <laughs> I I had so much fun. I watched it two times. <laughs> I liked that it ended on Don't You Cry No More with, like, Sam sort of holding back tears. Yeah. It's it's a good uh, road so far. That's, like, the best the episode gets. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad! <laughs> I know, but, like... I'm just a bit disappointed because, like, I told you the other recording that, like, the next few episodes are all gonna be good, and then you didn't like Provenance, and now I don't really like this one that much, so I'm a bit disappointed that it's not as good as I hoped. But, Mm. yeah, let's start with the actual episode. Yes. Uh, We start in Blue Earth, Minnesota. Which is a great name for a town. We see, uh... Man of the cloth, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Like, is it a he's priest? A pa- well, they call him Pastor Jim, so I'm yeah, assuming they he's call a, pastor. Him a pastor. But like, he's wearing the priest outfit. Do pastors wear the priest outfit as well? I I am not familiar with Christianity. <laughs> yeah, like I I looked it up, and apparently there are people who are called pastors in the Catholic circle. But mm. in the Philippines, when we say pastor, it's for non-Catholics. So, like, I suppose he is non-Catholic, maybe? I don't know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that doesn't matter. Uh, we see a guy who is, you know, wearing a holy man outfit. And he's flipping through the Bible. When suddenly, wind starts blowing and Meg enters the church the man asks what she's here for and meg says i've done some things not good things and the man reassures her that it's okay there's salvation for everyone especially sinners he asks her to say what's on her mind and meg says i've lied stolen lusted and just the other day i met a nice guy we had a really good chat and then I slit his throat and rip his heart out from his chest. God bless. Her eyes turn black and she continues, Does that make me a bad person? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go back. That's the best that this episode gets is what I think. <laughs> Go back. And the man, uh, obviously alarmed, says, I know who you are. You can't be here. This is hollowed ground. And Meg says that may work with minor leagues, but not with me. So the guy starts running, and we see him lock a door and go to his array of guns and other weapons. Meg kicks down the door, 
in a yep. scene that <laughs> in a lot of AMVs. No, I specifically oh, the Candace, me of... the Candace meme. No, stop oh, interrupting me. <laughs> Sorry, it reminded me. It reminded me of that scene of Demon Dean kicking down the door. Is it and because of the Anastasia TikTok? Yes, because it's used by Anastasia Jane a lot. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go on TikTok right now. Do not go on TikTok right now. And do not go to TikTok.com slash at Anastasia.chain. She is an icon. I love her work so much. Anastasia Jane, if you're listening to this podcast, I am a big fan of your work. Anastasia Jane would not listen to this podcast because (laughs) we actively want the actor men to die and she actively wants them inside of her. (laughs) <laughs> no. I really like the the one where uh it guy that exe is playing and she's objectifying Cass. I love that. Yes, in the I laundry love that one room, so yes. much. Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the man uh picks up a knife and throws it in Meg's direction, and she catches it and he says, "You throw like a girl." What was the point, point for that? <laughs> literally what I was mean, the point of that no I mean I, like I get it she's stunting him right yeah but it's just I don't know it's okay cause like Meg is a villain this season but very clearly a gendered villain in the way that she mm-hmm. like sexualizes the boys etc so like was this I know that this was supposed to be funny but I guess this was also like her, like, hashtag not like other girls moment. Yeah. Right? It's yeah, like. I see what you mean. Yeah, she's like, I'm evil and cool and I hate women, so that's why I'm a main character. She is not like any other girl to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same here, but it means something different. <laughs> Okay, also something I do not get. Okay, this is a pastor, right? You're telling me this guy doesn't know a fucking exorcism? A single one? Isn't... That's like a specialization. Exorcism is not something any pastor or priest can do. Okay, but uh, like, he knows about demons. He is a hunter of sorts. That's true, like Sam can do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if Sam can do it, then Pastor Jim should know his way around some Latin. Meg asks Pastor Jim if he knows where the Winchesters are at. And he says he hasn't spoken to John Winchester in a year. And even if he knew where they were, he'd never tell Meg. Meg says, I know, and slits his throat. I really like that, like, her intention here wasn't to get information out of Pastor Jim, but it was to kill him to basically taunt the Winchesters. Because in Shadow, right, she kills two people for, like, no particular reason except to get John over here. And she has her whole, like, baby, I've killed a lot more for a lot less line. Like, here she is killing a lot more for a lot less. Go Meg! We get to a motel room, which is covered in research that John has done on the yellow-eyed demon, since we don't know his name yet. And he's sitting there with Sam and Dean. He says that 
there's been no trace of the demon until last year. Um, and as soon as he picked up a trail, he took off. And basically, this demon goes after families, burns their houses to the ground, specifically on the night of an infant in the house's six-month birthday. Sam asks, I was six months old that night? And John says, exactly six months. And Sam says, so basically this demon is going after these kids for some reason, the same way it came from me. And then his, like, he starts tearing up a bit and he goes, so mom's death, Jessica, it's all because of me. Sammy! Oh. God, because he feared this in, in Nightmare? Is that what the name was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he feared this in Nightmare. And Dane was like, no, it's not about you, blah, blah, blah. But, like, nah, it's about him. Sorry, it Sammy. It's about him. <laughs> yeah, uh, he and Dean start getting into an argument where Dean says, we don't know that it's your fault. Um, and Sam says that it's his fault. It's not his fault, but it is his problem. And Dean says, no, it's not your problem. It's our problem. John breaks up the fight. I wrote in my notes, a screaming match at the beginning of the episode. This is why John left you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, I also was irritated that they were screaming at each other at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, like, I was like, where's the, the build-up? Where's yeah. the build-up? I don't get it. It's, yeah. No, exactly. John, you know that tweet that's like, uh, like, why are we always so hard on deadbeat dads? What if the kids just had bad vibes? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what if Sam, Sam and Dean just had bad vibes? Had bad vibes. <laughs> they so John tells them that there are signs before a house burns down. There are like cattle deaths and electrical storms. Why do you think there are cattle deaths and electrical storms? Is Azazel just a drama queen? I, I don't know. What is an electric storm? I, I don't even <laughs> know. Like, is that just like a like a thunderstorm? Like with lightning? I've no, I don't know. <laughs> I I the cattle death, that's like an that's like a bad omen, right? Yeah. Like, traditionally that's a bad omen. So I think it's less that the demons are causing it like they're eating the cattle but more like the ground around them is suffering because mm. they're such evil spirits yeah that makes sense that's kind of cool and apparently all these bad omens happened a week before mary died in lawrence and a week before jessica died in palo alto and they're starting again in salvation iowa and I love that the name of the app is Salvation because yeah. it takes place in Salvation, Iowa. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Like, if you look into it, there's gonna be a deeper meaning or whatever the fuck. Do you think well, there is, or is it really just because well, it's in Salvation, Salvation Iowa? Well, they mentioned Salvation in the Meg opening scene too, right? Yeah, Where Pastor they Jim do. says there's salvation for everyone. So, right. I okay. I think that Sarah Gamble and Rael Tucker thought that they were being very clever, but they didn't actually weave 
the theme of salvation into this episode very well. So we start a driving scene of what Crystal has said to be Papa Truck and Baby Impala <laughs> over yeah. truly atrocious guitar riffs. I know! It's so, the, the fucking music is so bad. This episode, it's extremely bad. It's so much. Uh, while they're driving, we pass by a sign that they linger on for so long. It says, Leaving Salvation, the heartland of America. Are you ready for Judgment Day? What the fuck is JW in the Bible? Uh, I was John like, Winchester? John Winchester? <laughs> Wait, let's look it up. I should know this because I hail from a Catholic school and like we had to memorize the sequence of the Bible yeah, I looked at Bible JW and all I'm getting is Jehovah's Witness. Oh, maybe it is not a Bible thing. But it's a Bible verse like yeah, 27. Okay, I looked it up and it says that that's not actually in the Bible. <laughs> so it's really John Winchester. It's literally John Winchester. It's, it's John Winchester saying this. Papa Truck. So John pulls aside. I need, in my notes, every time the truck shows up, I call it Papa Truck. (laughs) But John pulls aside and Dean follows. John gets out of his car and looks visibly upset. Dean asks him what's up and John reveals that Caleb called and Jim Murphy, aka Pastor Jim, is dead. Um, one thing, so the camera is first focused on Dean with Sam like very blurry in the background and then as soon as John yeah. says Jim Murphy's dead the character like flops like it completely blurs out Dean and just like focuses on Sam and it's just such a funny visual like I feel like this camera went really hard on the blurs <laughs> this episode like this is like a fucking like zoom background effect I forgot to mention but there are so there, the, at the beginning of the episode, the one where John is like pointing out his research, mm. the camera work is also pretty. It's like zooming in on everything, and there was a scene where like there was a shot where it's like it's really zoomed in on the eye of the animal head on the wall. Yeah, and for I genuinely thought it for was what? Dean, and I was like, "Why is Dean's face so weird?" And then I had to turn it back over and over again until I realized that it's like the animal on the wall. Anyway, yeah. Robert Singer made choices today. Yeah, <laughs> isn't Robert Singer the one who is famous for his zooms? Oh, oh, like at the end of um the season Man- six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, we should start a Zoom counter for Robert Singer. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't notice any in this episode, but we'll get to yeah. it when we get to it. So, uh, John relates what we know, which is that Pastor Jim's throat was slashed and he bled to death. And there were traces of sulfur in the place. So this is a demon. Uh, Dean asks if it's the demon. And John says, maybe it's slipped up. It knows that we're getting close. Now, John says, they have to act like every second counts. They'll split the hospital and health center in the county and figure out the baby's about to turn six months old next week. 
And Sam says, like, that could be a dozen of kids. How are we going to know who's getting attacked? And John says, they'll check everything and asks if Sam has better ideas. So meanly. Mm -hmm. Like, he feels so attacked. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, John, calm down. Well, his ex-boyfriend died last episode and his ex-boyfriend died this episode. Like, I get it. (laughs) He is a pastor. Are pastors celibate? Is that a thing? Didn't have to be a sexual boyfriend. (laughs) No, I'm just asking. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if non-Catholic pastors are celibate. Anyway, Sam says, like, no, sir. And then they leave it at that. And John starts to walk back to the car. But... He stands in agony in front of his car door. (laughs) And he does a little pained face. And I was like, okay, Crystal, do you think JDM is a good actor? Um, I literally wrote down here, are we going to get any flashbacks showing why John cares about Jim so much? Or are we just supposed to believe JDM's bad acting? (laughs) He is a bad actor. And like, (laughs) I get that he was in other shows and other projects where people know him. So I suppose he's good at that. But like, in season one of Supernatural, he's like, he's kind of bad, bro. (laughs) It's because he's trying to play, like, the parent to, like, actors who he's only, like, six years older than or something. Is that for real? Maybe ten years older, but he's not that much older than them. Like, JDM, let me check his age. I I, I read read a fun fact the other day that, like, when he returned in Lebanon, he was 52. Like, JDM was 52. Which was the age that John Winchester was supposed to be at the beginning of the show. Oh, that's fun. Okay, he's... Okay, he's like 12 years older than Jensen Ackles. So yeah, he could not have birthed Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag trans John true thing. Uh, Dean notices that John is upset and he asks very nicely, Dad? (laughs) And then... Uh, John turns around and says, It's Jim. I can't. And then he stops. He's and lost he says, two ex-boyfriends in a week and he's about <laughs> to lose a third. He stops and he says, This ends now. I'm ending it. I don't care what it takes. So uh, John and Dean keep on driving. Yeah. So we get scenes of basically John, Sam, and Dean showing up to the three hospitals and looking for records. John's, I don't know, being boring. He just has an ID. He's going in. Sam is going through birth certificate information and copying it down. Did you see the name? Oh, no. What was the name? It's Mary Ann Liu again. (laughs) Oh, my God. They don't know any other Asian names, but like the real reason is, uh, Mary Ann Liu is the head graphic designer of Supernatural. I looked Which it up. Is and really embarrassing. What, what? <laughs> yeah. Like we've seen those posters, Mary Ann Liu. Like as a fellow Chinese person, I'm asking you to give our people a little more pride. I was 
<laughs> wait, does that mean he made the posters? No. <laughs> oh, Marianne. No. Uh, also, the birth certificate said Colorado, and I was like, "Aren't they in Iowa?" Yeah, so they're, they're doing a bad in job Iowa. in the set design. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciate all the props people who mess up because of all the times we get the F marker on Sam and Dean's on, fake IDs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like so true. They are trans. Uh, so Dean is being very annoying. Uh, so he heads into the hospital, and there is a receptionist there who is very pretty in the way that supernatural women all look the same when they're pretty. Um, and she asks, is there anything I can do for you? And Dean says, oh "Oh, god, God, yes. yes. (laughs) Like, in the creepiest fucking voice. Like, he is, like, checking her out. He's, like, very clearly, like, like he is, like, sporting a boner. Like, I know it. It's just so uncomfortable. And she's, like, totally fine with this. And then he says, oh, but I'm working right now, so. God, Dean. So, but as Sam heads out of the hospital, uh, he gets a vision. And I was like, oh, no, he has to tell John. I know. No. I was like. Because, okay, what I was thinking is that there was, there's no way he's going to tell John, because John will just shoot him with the cult about it. So, like, obviously he's just going to have to dig through records until he can, like, come up with a good reason why he thinks that this is the house that they should check out. But no, he just tells John later. Sam has no self-preservation. I feel like he still, he still trusts John. Yeah, know? he does. Like, to him, that's still bad. Yeah. <laughs> in the vision, like, the demon is in a nursery. Nursery has some interesting decor with, like, a jester thing hanging down and these moving dancers. Also, there's a woman in gasp, a white nightgown, in the room looking out the window and... There's a train sound, etc., etc. The train sound is so funny because it's nowhere near a train, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't see a train. I also have no idea how the train plays into it. Like, Sam even looks at the map and it's like, oh, the train is here. And then they, later they go beside a train track, like mm. when they were exchanging weapons before John goes away. But yeah. uh, there's literally not a train beside the house. Yeah, so no, like, where's the fun no scene we get where they jump out of the window on top of the moving train? Subway surfers, natural. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be obsessed with that game. I got, like, all the characters. Because I wanted to buy up all the Asian girls. Oh god, that sounds like a really bad sentence. So, yeah, Sam pulls out the map, and I think he finds the house by finding houses near the train tracks. Um, And he sees the house there, and he sees the woman from his vision there as well, taking her little baby along in a stroller. The face Jared makes when Sam is having a vision (laughs) is so funny. He, like, scrunches his face, he raises his eyebrows, and he makes, like, a little shocked face. Like, he's always like, huh. 
Like, yeah, exactly. That's the sound he makes when he, Sam gets a vision. And then he slicks and moans Alpha. No! <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, so Sam approaches the woman and helps her out with her stuff so she can close her umbrella. And he's very nice about it. Mm. He starts to make small talk, asks if the baby is her kid. And he introduces himself and says he just moved up the block. The woman introduces herself as Monica uh, and the baby as Baby Rosie. He continues to make small talk until we get to the essential part, which is that Baby Rosie is turning six months today. Sam has a little bit of an emo moment. <laughs> and he's like staring into the void while Monica's like, hello, hello, are, are you okay? And he tells Monica to take care of herself. And he says it really sincerely. And Monica, I like Monica's actor. I really mm. do. She feels like a real person. Monica says like, we'll see you around. And then she proceeds to walk and her husband has come home and they greet him as Sam watches. And he gets another vision. So we are in the baby's room with the same peculiar decor. (laughs) And we see a clock stop. I don't recall if they made a point of stopping the clock in the pilot, do they? I I just remember the... um, Oh, well, there were a lot of shots of the train's clock, so probably it stopped at some point, right? Yeah, but uh, this would make more sense if they didn't have that. De- if they didn't delete that scene of Dean like driving, and then his clock stops, and that's how he knows that something's wrong, and then he drives back to Stanford. Oh. That's like a deleted scene in the pilot. Oh. So like, it's an established fact from that deleted scene that like when something happens, the clock stops. I don't know, though, if it makes it to the episode itself. Hmm, that's cool. Wind starts blowing in the room, and a man walks towards the crib. And Monica checks on the room and sees the man, and at first, she, like, tries to call him out. But then she gets levitated to the ceiling. And as she is pinned up there, her lower abdomen starts bleeding, much like Mary and Jess. And the room catches fire. Whoop. Oh, also during this whole scene, like every time that Sam's done with a vision and he's being like a shivery little Victorian maiden around (laughs) about it, he like tugs his jacket tighter around himself. And that's trans. Like, because when he was having the moment, when he was having the vision, the the jacket was falling off his shoulder. Ooh. (laughs) We go back to the motel. Where it turns out Sam has told John about the visions? Bro. Bro. Um, (laughs) John seems unhappy about the situation. He doesn't really seem to be believing Sam. But then when he tells him a bit more and Dean backs him up, uh, and yeah, Sam says, The closer I get to anything to do with the demon, the stronger the visions get. And John says to Dean, when were you going to tell me about this? Which, oh god, is really, like, Dean really is Sam's guard dog slash keeper, huh? And then he tells Dean 
Something like this starts happening to your brother, you pick up the phone and you call me. Right after he said that, I paused and went, call you? (laughs) You want him to call you? So when I pressed play and Dean goes, call you? I was like, yes. Yes. Fuck you, John. (laughs) Yeah. No, Dean, like, like, walks towards John and says, call you? Are you kidding me? Dad, I called you from Lawrence, all right? Sam called you when I was dying. He knows about me. He knows. He knows. And the fact that he He hasn't used it against John until this moment, like when he's like that, also makes me feel things. Like I feel like he was trying not to hold it against him, and suddenly he's snapping. So he says, "Getting you on the phone, I got a better chance of winning the lottery." God, go Dean. But then John says, "You're right." Um, much like he said, you're right to Dean saying, well, we saved your asses in the last episode. He says, although I'm not too crazy about this new tone of yours, you're right. I'm sorry. And I I think part of me is always going to be grasping for a chance of John becoming a yeah. better person. So every time he apologizes, I'm like, yay, maybe he won't tell Dean to kill Sam in two episodes. <laughs> But he will. After this exchange, Sam's phone rings, and it's Meg. Um, Sam asks who it is, and she says, think real hard, it'll come to you. Yeah, so Sam is shocked that Meg is still alive due to falling out of a window. She's not really engaging, and she demands that he let her speak to John, because it's time for the grown-ups to talk. John sort of reaches for the phone, so Sam gives it over. Uh, Meg says hi, and that she's a friend of your boys, and that she's also the one who watched Jim Murphy choke on his own blood. Still there, John boy? And then Meg reveals that she's currently in Lincoln with another friend of John's, uh, and they find out that it's Caleb. John demands that she let him go, but Meg says, like, we know you have the cult, John. And when John denies that, she says, okay, well, listen to this. And then she slits Caleb's throat, and he is he is dead. She completely murders him. Gurgling blood. Yeah, he's drowning in blood. John, his third ex-boyfriend down for the week, cries, Caleb, Caleb! And Meg says, okay, let's try this again. We know you have the gun. So as far as we're concerned, you just declared war. And this is what war looks like. It has casualties. Um, And she says that she's going to go around continuing to kill all of his friends, anyone who has ever helped him or given him shelter, anyone he's ever loved, unless he gives him, gives her the cult. And the thing is... The only friends of John that we've, like, ever heard of this entire season are Pastor Jim, Caleb, and, like, Missouri, right? Yeah. Like, oh, no. they should not have killed <laughs> Caleb. Like, John has three friends. Like, she's gonna have nothing on him so soon. Also, you know, at this point, I realized that, oh, this episode is gonna be a bit John-centric. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's when I decided it was a boring episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
so true. <laughs> Sorry, John. Uh, so John agrees to Meg's terms. She says that there's a warehouse in Lincoln where they're going to meet and that he has to be there at midnight tonight, even though John says that it's going to take him a day's drive to get there. Is it actually that far? Okay, let's look it up. Oh, it shows up, like, automatically. It's oh. just a four-hour drive. Yeah, okay, so he's just trying to buy time. Oh, also, I don't think Salvation is an actual city, because it's not coming up oh, on Google yeah. Maps. So they literally just did this for fun. <laughs> right, so John still has to agree to the terms, and Meg says that he has to come alone. After she hangs up, she looks at Caleb's corpse and goes, what the hell are you looking at? God bless. So, uh, in the motel, Sam asks John if he thinks Meg is a demon. Which is so funny. Like, we've known this for so long. Yeah. Well, I mean, This did is we? the first episode where we see her eyes turn black. So, I guess it's yeah. possible that we didn't know. But, like, come on. Like, she's not a human. Like, we, we definitely yeah. know that. We've known since Scarecrow that John is hunting a demon. Meg is, you know, hunting John. So it's yeah. it's it's safe to assume she is a demon. Mm-hmm. So John says, like, she is a demon or she's possessed by one. Doesn't really matter the difference. It does matter. Okay, John. Okay, John. <laughs> and the voice asks, like, what do we do now? And John says he's going to Lincoln. He says that if he doesn't go, all their friends will die. All their one remaining friends. And Sam argues that the demon is coming for Monica's family tonight and that John can't just, you know, hand over the gun. John reveals his plan, which is that he won't hand over the gun. He'll hand over a fake gun. I'm sure this has no issues. Uh, Dean was like, this is not a foolproof plan. They're gonna know that it's fake. And John argues that, like, they've never seen the gun. They won't know. Right. And the thing is, if I was Meg, I would have, like, a vampire tied up to, like, practice shooting the gun at once. Yeah, but maybe John is betting on the fact that it has limited bullets, so they won't waste it. Maybe. He says it's just to buy a few hours. And Sam, realizing what John means, says, For Dean and me, you're buying like you're buying a few hours for us. You want us to stay here and kill this demon by ourselves. And he is teary eyed. He's mm-hmm. like he looks upset. Oh <laughs> Sam. And John says, No, I want to stop losing people we love. And I want you, talking to Sam, to go to school, and I want Dean to have a home. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have stopped them from having either of those things, John. The thing is, it reminded me of Lebanon. Like, when he, John was talking to Dean, and he says, like, this is not the life I wanted for you. I wanted you to have a fam- a home. I wanted you to have a family. Do you know what Dean responds to that? I have a family, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like, 
Okay, I just want to put it out there that I am a Lebanon apologist. <laughs> are we? Are we gonna get persecuted for that? Are we gonna lose listeners? I hope not. But I, I well, I mean, when we get to it, I don't. I haven't watched it yet, so maybe I'll hate it for the rest of you guys. I actually really like Lebanon, so that's my hot take of the day. John turns around after saying all that. And this is the part where I was like, he's a bad actor. He is. <laughs> and <laughs> because I remember when, like, when I was younger, like in eighth grade, like we had to film something for class. And I did the same trick of like when there's an emotional scene, you turn around. <laughs> because it's like, it, it, it makes it so dramatic. And I was like, John is copying me. Like JDM is literally <laughs> copying me right now. Uh, when with his back turned to the boys, he says, "I want Mary alive." And he turns to face his children again, and then he says, "I just want this to be over." I, cool, cool, over John. Very, <laughs> you you made it not over for twenty six years or twenty two years, twenty three now. Yeah, you made it not over for twenty three years, John. Like, this is on you, bro. So. Uh, we're back outside, and they're prepping for tonight. Dean shows up with an antique gun, which looks pretty similar to the cult, I would say. Dean says that, you know this is a trap, don't you? But John says that he can handle her. And then Dean says, Dad, promise me something. This thing goes south, just get the hell out. Don't get yourself killed, all right? You're no good to us, dead. Oh. And John says, same goes for you. They all pause to look sad. Um, John reveals that there's only four bullets left in the cult. Uh, so they have to make every shot count. He says, you make every shot count, which I know is foreshadowing for a scene that will absolutely wreck me next episode. John says, been waiting a long time for this fight. Now it's here and I'm not gonna be in it. It's up to you boys now. It's your fight. You finish this. You finish what I started. Understand? I don't like this guy. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I don't like John very much. Also, uh, like this entire scene, Dean is looking very uh, kicked, jock-lenched. puppy. Yeah, like kicked, puppy, etc., etc. And all I can think of is like, what does he do this episode? Genuinely, what does Dean do this episode? He does the little speech he does at the end. Yeah. He shouts at John in the beginning. Does he do anything this episode? Um. Maybe no, that's why I thought it flirts, was boring. He flirts with a woman and I hate it. Oh, I didn't even try to get a misogyny point for that. Can I get a misogyny point for that? No. He's just flirting. He literally said, oh god, yes, like eyeing her up and down. Like, that is harassment. <laughs> do, do you really think so? I mean, or are you just uh, vying for I a point? I kind of do, but... <laughs> okay, you can give him a point then. All right, Dean... As of episode 21 of Supernatural has, has 32, 32. <laughs> 32 points. And Sam still has 5.5. <laughs> he Sam was a point five. <laughs> um, for calling Ch- Cassie, like, some chick. We yeah, were yeah, being yeah. really defensive <laughs> about Cassie. 
So, uh, John hands the colt off. Sam says, we'll see you soon. John says, I'll see you later. They drive off, and like like a full minute after John has driven off, Dean says, later. <laughs> this scene, for some reason, I don't even know specifically why, but it reminded me, I don't know if I said this before in the podcast, but I have this like running thought about Sam that like he is a leader type mm. every, anywhere except for when he's with his family. Yeah, you mentioned it in Asylum. Yeah. And, like, I never considered that the same is true for Dean with John. Mm. Like, he is a leader type, except when John is around. And I guess that makes sense because John is their father. It makes more sense than, like, Dean and Sam. And Sam being subservient to Dean. Mm. But, like, I just had that thought. And I was like... Oh, um, maybe if we had John around more, I would have hated Dean less. <laughs> yeah, because Dean's just a kicked puppy when John's around. Like, there's yeah, not too much to Yeah, he's literally a poor little meow meow. <laughs> he literally is. Okay, so John arrives at the meetup spot, and as he gets out of his car, he brings out a cult, the cult, the fake cult. Mm-hmm. and a rosary so he looks at a steam something like a steam con like a water container i guess yeah like a tank which yeah a tank <laughs> exactly <laughs> john enters the building john enters the building and it's full of like pipes and steam and he, like, is looking around, trying to figure out how it all works. Uh, it's a boring scene, but it's I guess it's relevant for exposition. Yeah, I think they're trying to show that John's a good hunter. And I do think that the trick that he pulls in this episode is, like, kind of fun. So while he's walking around and trying to figure out how the thing works, we cut to Sam and Dean waiting outside the house. Sam is telling Dean that maybe they can tell Monica that there's a gas leak. And Dean says, like, how many times has that actually worked for us? Well, it didn't work once in yeah, Bugs, bugs. right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, in season 15, episode 1, they pulled the same trick. Gas leak. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And I'm just enamored that, like, in season 15, like, in season 1, they were like, the gas leak trick never works. And then in season 15, it's, like, the first thing in their arsenal. (laughs) And it works. (laughs) Uh, Sam says, like, we could tell them the truth. And they both look at each other for for a long period of time. And they go, nah, nah, (laughs) it's not gonna work. And the whole time, I was thinking, like... How many times did they have to shoot this scene? Like, how many, like, the eye communication between Jensen and Jared of, like, when are we gonna say nah? Do we count? <laughs> and, <laughs> and also, like, the whole concept of not telling people. Yeah. Like, if this was in the Philippines, yeah. If you tell someone, they'll believe you. And also, mm-hmm. it will make the news. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Dean insists that they only have one move, which is to wait the demon out and then get it before it gets them. And Sam goes, I wonder how dad is doing. Dean says, I would feel better if I were there backing him up. 
And Sam says, I would feel better if he were here backing us up. Say that, Sam. Fucking say that, Sam. No, let's unpack that. Yeah. Because, like, I have thoughts about this exchange. What did, what did you think about it? I mean, I think that it's a good summary of the way that Sam and Dean feel about their dad, right? Because Dean views yeah. himself as John's backup, as someone who protects him. He's really upset at them and Shadow for, like, presumably almost getting John killed because he somehow views John as his responsibility. responsibility. Probably because during, like, Stanford times, like, he and John fought together, or sorry, that he and John hunted together a lot, probably, and John probably impressed on him a lot, like, oh, like, you can't go because I need you here to, like, keep me alive on hunts and stuff. Um, whereas Sam, who knows what parents are supposed to be, <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, wants John to protect them instead of the other way around. That's it, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating look on how they view what their purpose is in the family. Yeah. So, uh, John's near the water tank, and he's hiding from Meg. And he puts the rosary inside of the tank and also, like, says something in Latin, I guess, that blesses the water. Uh, so he drops the rosary in. So this whole tank and pipe thing is now filled with holy water. Sam and Dean are chatting in the Impala outside of Monica's house. And he's saying that... This whole thing feels surreal because all these years occurred and now they're finally here. Dean, I guess much like he says in Holmes, just says that we just gotta keep our heads and do our job, like always. But Sam says this isn't like always, and Dean agrees. And then Sam says, Dean, I wanna thank you. Dean asks for what? And Sam says, for everything. You've always had my back, you know? Even when I couldn't count on anyone, I could always count on you. And, I don't know, I just wanted to let you know, just in case. Okay, a few a few thoughts here. Dean did not have your back during Stanford fight. I think one interesting point here is that, um, you didn't, you had my back when no one else did. Which is like, why did no one else have your yeah. back, Sam? Is it because you were being isolated? Maybe? <laughs> yep. Jeez. Uh, and Dean's quite alarmed at this because he's Mr. Denial. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you kidding me? Don't say just in case something happens to you. I don't want to hear that freaking speech, man. Nobody's dying tonight. Not us. Not that family. Nobody. Except that demon. That evil son of a bitch ain't getting any older than tonight. You understand me? Ugh. Poor Dean. Like, like he says later, like, Sam and John are all he has. Again, is it because you were being isolated, Dean? (laughs) So, yeah, he just does not want to think about this. So, back in the warehouse, which is the definition of creepy and wet. (laughs) (laughs) Meg waits and John walks in. Meg says, John, you made it. Too bad, really. I was hoping to kill more of your friends. Your one remaining friend. John says sorry to disappoint, and Meg continues. She says, she sees where Sam and Dean gets their good looks. And oh. I was like, Meg, JDM, fucker, and soccer. <laughs> Go, Meg. 
God, this is so annoying though. Cause okay, do Sam and Dean even look like John like at all? I have told you over and over again that I cannot differentiate. Yeah, <laughs> I also white can't differentiate white men from white men. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do, does JDM have green eyes? Maybe. Um. Wait. Wasn't there a bunch of jokes going around about how Mary must have cheated on John because, like, the eye colors in the Punnett squares don't mash up? No. <laughs> Go, Mary. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna look JDM young. <laughs> yeah, that probably works. He looks like Dean. Wait, really? Yeah. Look at this. Wait. Huh. I don't know if he looks like Dean. Tell me this doesn't look like Dean. I, I, I can't tell. He just looks like Elvis to me, but it might just be the hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it is the hair. Yeah. He looks kind of like Dean. He does look like a white man who is young. (laughs) I must agree. (laughs) Oh, he looks good here. (laughs) No, no, you're not becoming a JDM fucker and sucker. (laughs) We should proceed. (laughs) Yeah, but also, I'm just annoyed that Meg has to, like, be attracted to the Winchesters. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, because she's woman. (laughs) Uh, She says that, like, after everything that I've been told about you, I thought you'd be taller. And I was like, (laughs) I remember when Charlie said to Cass, like, I thought you'd be shorter. When are we going to meet Cass? When are we going to see Cass? Can we fast forward? Please, where's Cass? Please, please, where is he? Where's my point? Yeah, I think my main thoughts was, like, Meg is a 5'3 John Winchester truther. (laughs) <laughs> so true Meg in season 3 doesn't Ruby tell Sam Sam's like why are you following me and she's like I like tall guys sorry the supernatural writers are obsessed with their actors being tall yeah there's there's one time where like do you, do you know Mildred uh oh yeah she's in the Eileen episode yeah she's in the Eileen episode and she she says, I'm not much of a mountain climber, so Eileen, you can have the tall yeah. one, right? <laughs> yeah. Or I think of a tree climber. I'm not sure, but like something to that effect. Mm. And yeah, I thought, th- I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she likes Dean for his short king swagger. John is silent throughout this whole exchange. So uh, Meg eventually stops bantering and then asks for the gun. And then John finally speaks. He asks how he'll get out if he gives over the gun. Meg says that if he really is as good as they say, she's sure he'll figure out a way to get out. John says, maybe I'll just shoot you. And Meg says, you want to shoot me, baby? Go ahead. It won't end anything. There's more where I came from. And then some random Random fucking guy! (laughs) Just some guy walks in. He literally is just some guy, and like we we focus so much on his face. Yeah, it's like am I supposed to remember what he looks like? Like that's just some white guy. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know who this is. He is just some guy. He's like Azazel's other son, and like Azazel gets really mad when they kill him, right? Unless that only happened in Bad Moon Rising. 
<laughs> Again, I don't really remember much of what yeah. goes down next episode. He, the guy walks in out of the shadows and Meg continues to threaten John. Finally, John gives Meg the fake cult and she asks if this is the cult. And I thought what would happen is she would shoot yeah, the guy. Me too. But because the supernatural writers hate women, <laughs> like I guess they were trying to be subversive because yeah, that's your I get it. It's right? like look, all these demons, even if they're on the same side, they'll double cross each other at any point. They don't care yeah. about each other, even if Meg seems like she's in control. There's like always conflict going on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But also, like she should have shot the guy. She should have shot the guy, like, square in the head, and then he didn't die. Like, that would be cool as shit, though. Exactly. Uh, so, as we said, what happens is the other way around. The demon guy gets the gun and then shoots Meg. And at first, she was upset. Yeah, it's so fun. She goes, you shot me! I can't believe you just shot me! <laughs> I love that. And then she realizes that she's still alive. And so, the gun is a fake. Dun, dun, dun. So, Meg's very mad. She says that John is dead. Your boys are dead. John's, like, going, I've never used the gun. How could I know it wouldn't work? <laughs> um, good job. <laughs> oh, God, same energy as, did you just Molotov my brother with holy fire? Uh, no? <laughs> no. Where's Cass? Where's Cass? I miss him. Please, where is he? Where is he? Okay, so Meg goes, I'm so not in the mood for this. I've just been shot. Which is so funny. Like, comedy queen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, John says, well, then I guess you're lucky the gun wasn't real. And Meg says, that's funny, John. We're gonna strip the skin from your bones. But that was funny. Go, Meg. Go, Meg. (laughs) Um, so a chase ensues where John starts running away um, and going into the alley, which is full of water pipes. Uh, And as he reaches the end of the hall, he turns on a tap and there's just like water spritzing out. And he just stands by it looking ridiculously pleased, even though, like, the the water pressure of this water is, like, baby water park levels. Meg and the other demon are sort of like, what the fuck is up with this guy? And the guy demon starts walking forward, but as soon as his feet touch the water, which is pulling on the ground, uh, his feet start smoking, and he's in pain. But okay, he's wearing shoes, right? I don't yeah, get it. I, I mean, like, remember when they were spraying holy water to the guy, to the co-pilot oh, in yeah. Phantom Traveler? Oh, and, it, like, burns it burns through, through his, his shirt. Okay, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So the shoes that you wear are also demon shoes and holy water. Or an water. extension <laughs> of your body. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Lil Wayne, those are his hooves, you bitch. (laughs) So, yeah, so Meg goes, holy water, John, real cute. And John is running off, hopefully, or not that hopefully, ready to escape. So outside, Dean and Sam are upset 
Well, Dean is upset that John isn't answering the phone. Sam says, maybe Meg was late or cell reception's bad. <laughs> Go, Sam. Uh, and then the radio starts getting all staticky. And there's wind happening and the lights in the house keep turning off and on. So, uh-oh. So they jump out of the car and run into the house. Uh, meanwhile, John has made it to his truck, but all the tires are slashed. So, yeah, he's not getting out. So Sam and Dean enter the house. And as soon as they enter, they get attacked by the dad, Charlie. At first, they try to convince him that they're trying to help, but like he won't budge. And so Dean, I don't know, does Dean knock him out? Um, I think, yeah, yeah. And then just lands him outside, and then he wakes up. That's <laughs> not <laughs> what happens. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, right before Dean knocks his ass out, Monica shouts at them if anything is wrong, and Charlie says, go get the baby. Sam realizes what's happening, which is that Monica is going to the nursery. And he shouts, no, don't go to the nursery. And he runs upstairs and finds Monica almost pinned to the ceiling already. So we see the man in the coat and we zoom into his face and we see his eyes for the first time. They're yellow. Ah, yes! Yeah. Yellow eyes is here, baby! <laughs> I'm so, I was so <laughs> I was so hyped up. It's a fun visual. Do we ever yeah. learn anything about Azazel's vessel or host? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't okay. think so. Sad. Sam shoots yellow eyes, and yellow eyes disappears right before the bullet hits him. Yeah, which Dagon also does. Yeah, when Cass shoots him. No, 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 when Eileen... <laughs> when Eileen! Yeah, but also but when also, Cass shoots him. I she shoots her. Yeah, but, like, it's cooler when Eileen does it, because she accidentally <laughs> shoots a British guy. Yeah. <laughs> Cass just shoots a wall. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cass. <laughs> sorry, Cass. So, Sam uh, misses, but the moment the demon disappears... Monica falls to the ground, so he helps. Uh, so he helps her up and gets her out of the house. And Dean gets baby Rosie, and they run as the crib starts to catch fire. Yeah. Also, Monica keeps screaming like Rosie, my baby, and Sam keeps trying to reassure her by saying Dean's got her. Like that is not a reassurance. <laughs> she does not know this man. <laughs> John, we uh, we go back to John, and he is still running around, and he's about to take out his phone and give someone a call when he gets pinned to the wall by an invisible force. Woo! But then when the camera, like, pans up and you see the night sky instead of a ceiling, it's like, God damn it! they wouldn't even let him burn on a ceiling. The guy demon who has escaped from the trap John set out, uh, watches John as he is pinned further and further up the wall. So we go back to the house, and the room explodes in three different angles. <laughs> they, re they really said, uh, this explosion is expensive. We have to film it 
in all angles possible. <laughs> and they did. And they showed us each and every one of them. Sam and Dean bring out Monica and Rosie. And at first, the dad was strengthening them. But Monica starts to say that Sam and Dean saved them. And she thanks them and gets the baby. And they watch as the house burns down. As they watch, Sam and Dean see the demon still standing in the room. And Sam's like, oh, it's still there, it's still there. And he tries to get back inside the house. And Dean physically restrains him from doing so. Their poses and the way that it's shot are very similar to, like, Dean when just Sam out yeah, yeah. at the end of the pilot. Dean says, the house is burning to the ground. Going in there is suicide. Sam says, I don't care. Dean says... I do. They watch as the silhouette disappears and the house burns down. You know what would be so fucking funny if after they took Monica and Rosie outside, they were like, so there's been a gas leak in your home and that's why it's on fire. Uh, so we cut to the motel room where they're still trying to call John. Uh... Dean's worrying about him, but Sam is just brooding. He says, if you had just let me go in there, I could have ended all this. And Dean says, Sam, the only thing you would have ended was your life. Sam says, you don't know that. Dean says, so what, you're just willing to sacrifice yourself? Is that it? And Sam says, yeah. Yeah, you're damn right I am. And Dean says, well, that's not going to happen, not as long as I'm around. Um, Sam says, what the hell are you talking about, Dean? We've been searching for this demon our whole lives. It's the only thing we've ever cared about. Which, oh, man, a year can really do a number on a kid, huh? Sam has not cared about this for a long, for the first 22 years of his life. Dean says that he does want the demon dead, but it's not worth dying over. He says, if hunting this demon means getting yourself killed, then I hope we never find the damn thing. (laughs) Yeah. Dean. Um, Sam says, that thing killed Jess. That thing killed Mom. And then, in, like, I found this next part, like, just so funny. Like, I just couldn't stop laughing about how ham-fisted this callback to the pilot was. Yeah, it is a callback to the pilot, but... Yeah, and they make sure that you know that it's a callback by having Dean said, you said yourself once that no matter what we do, they're gone and they're never coming back. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the funniest scene ever. Like, you know, like, Sam's usually Sam to me. In this moment, it was like, oh, this is Jared being a bad actor. The thing is, I'm laughing about it now, but I was crying when this was happening. What? Oh! I was not. I thought it was I, so I funny. Emotional. When when Dean said that, like, uh, like all we have is each other. All I have is us three. Like mm-hmm. when he says that, I was like, oh, cool. And then tears were streaming down my Aww. face. <laughs> Yeah, so very similar to the way Dean shoves Sam against a bridge in the pilot, Sam shoves Dean against a wall and says, Don't you say that. Not you. Not after all this. Don't you say that. God, it's so funny. That's not Sam, bro. <laughs> like, what? Like, it, it is believable that he could get to this point. But, like, the acting was not. <laughs> 
it. Yeah. It was not it. Dean says, quietly, Sam, look, the three of us, that's all we have, and it's all I have. Sometimes I feel like I'm barely holding it together, man, and without your dad. Um, yeah, and it is a pretty emotional moment, but they cut it short by Sam going, dad, and then letting Dean go, and saying, like, he should have called by now, try him again. So, yeah. Do you have commentary on the line that made you cry? Mm, nothing. <laughs> Though, I did like the sometimes I feel like I'm barely holding it together as a line, because I feel like we do generally know that Dean's whole cocky whatever thing is it's an, an act. act. Yeah. But I feel like he, he has not really admitted to it out loud until now, so that was nice to see. Yeah, so uh, they try calling John one more time and meg has the phone and she picks up he says you boys really screwed up this time dean asks where is he and meg says you're never going to see your father again and then this big to be continued (laughs) sign flashes onto the screen and that's the end of the episode have you always hated the supernatural font for like locations and stuff because i hate it I think it's fine. I think for what the show is, it's alright. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I guess maybe I'm just a boring person who prefers sans serif fonts. Okay, right. so that's it for the end of the episode. What did you think about this one? Um, Meg was fun to watch. Um, But yeah, I think we mentioned multiple times when the acting did not hold up. And it was just kind of boring. Yeah, I also, like I've said earlier, I think this episode is boring. And uh, like I said earlier, I think it's boring because it doesn't focus on Sam and Dean. Yeah. Or, well, specifically, it focuses on John, which the acting I don't really like. So it's like, I'm just watching a guy act. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm not watching a, a story unfold. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, best line, worst line. What's um, your best line? Do you want to go first? I'm trying to look for one. No, I don't because I also am trying to look. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I'm just gonna go with Meg's fun little like. I've lied a lot. I've stolen. I've lusted. And the other day I met this man, a nice guy. You know, we had a really good chat, sort of like this. Then I slit his throat and ripped his heart out through his chest. Does that make me a bad person? Like, God, go Meg. Highlight of the episode, truly. Uh, I think my best line is... I'll go with the one that made me cry when Mm. Dean said I'm barely holding it together. I don't know. I hate to be the Dean girl of this episode. (laughs) But I am the Dean girl of every single episode of Bab But yeah, like when he, uh, specifically the line that got me is when he said, that's all we have. And then he pauses and then he says, that's all I have. Because earlier we have John say like, oh, I want Sam to go to school and I want Dean to have a home. So like clearly Sam has something for him outside of the family unit, but Dean doesn't. And like the for Dean, it's like Sam going to school is the opposite of Dean. Like you know, yeah, it's the opposite of what the home is for Dean. Yeah, this is 
really all he has. And, oh, yeah, that's sad. Especially knowing that John is going to die Woo. very, very soon. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. like, it's sad for Dean. His family unit is about to get destroyed. Well, I'll just like float down and pat Dean on the shoulder and go like, Hey, Dean, I'm really sorry that John's about to die. But, you know, after he dies, you like beat up the Impala with a crowbar. And it's a really good scene in and a you lot of really AMVs. <laughs> yeah. So, I hope that brings you a little comfort, Dean. And he's like, I'm going to beat up the Impala. Are you fucking kidding me? But you're going to rebuild it, Dean. And it's going to be beautiful. So it's fine. Yeah, it's fine, Dean. Okay, uh, worst line. What's your worst line? Uh, what does Dean say to that woman? Uh, oh, God, yes. That's also my worst yeah. line. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I really, I literally was like, you're going to fuck someone right now, Dean? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to fuck someone right now? <laughs> Every second counts, and this is what your seconds count for. Okay, so I am DB rating. Hmm. What do you think is the? I'll go first. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll say eight point five. I didn't enjoy it, but I see how other people can enjoy it. I'm giving it an eight point five just to be safe and secure. Also, it's plotty, and it's, yeah. like, one of our first plot-driven ones, so... Right. Um, and I feel like people would probably enjoy the, like, cutting back and forth and the whole Meg situation. Um, I was also gonna say 8.5, but I feel like we should diversify our assets a bit. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll go down to 8.4. I feel like I may be okay. going in the wrong direction. We'll see. Okay, I'll look it up. 8.8? What? That's way too high. Way I mean, too high. I guess high. people liked John in season one, right? Boo. But yeah, 8.8 <laughs> is high. Like, that's higher than Scarecrow, and it's not better than Scarecrow. One here says, I really like Meg's character. The other story is fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave it 9 out of 10. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's mood. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, there's two different reviews titled Carry On My Wayward Son. Yeah, I told you that's the peak of the episode. <laughs> I like the phrasing of Dean needs a home. Like Dean's a lost puppy or something. Yeah. It's cute. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, it's literally, what is it, like people for the ethical treatment of Jensen Ackles. <laughs> yeah. People for the ethical treatment of Dean Winchester. I am people for the unethical treatment of Dean Winchester. <laughs> no. Yeah, some people say that they like it as a game of cat and mouse and how Meg is given a chance to shine. Yeah, Meg's, Meg's pretty great here. That's it for this episode of Bustation Beauties. Next time we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 22, Devil's Trap. Leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash beautiespodcast and on Tumblr at bustyasianbeautiespod.tumblr.com. Our official tag is babpod, B-A-B-pod. And remember that you can submit questions to us for our season one Q&A on all of our socials until midnight the night of April 2nd 
in Eastern time. Uh, also, thank you to everyone who's donated to our Kofi at co-fee.com slash bustyasianbeautiespod. You can email us any feedback, comments, or inquiries at bustyasianbeautiespod at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye! Bye. Bye.